And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's my favorite drink. It's wine. I love wine. Oh, he's got to let it breathe. Smell the French countryside. It's from Italy. Italy, the France of Europe. It's basically chemistry. Oh, red mouth. for daddy. Cheese and wine. What a perfect pairing. Full body, yeah. These do not mm. pair! Yeah, tannins. Mm. <laughs> oh, but one air. I found your wine. It's oh, classic. Ah, oh, Italian shower. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, November 4th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we've got Tass Mellis. How's it going, everybody? Hey, Tass. Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. 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 We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee Last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Fun one today. Got a players only meeting to talk about. Oh, yeah. First one of the season, Lily. And it resulted in a win for the Celtics. Uh, we got tweet of the night. And I finally, guys, paid off one of my pick'em losses. I owed you three. But we're going to get that down to two, because I did one yesterday, and we'll share that little video with everybody here in the show uh, near the end of it. So stick around for, uh, for a pick and payoff from old Skeetsy. I didn't uh, watch the actual completed video, Skeets, because I wanted to be completely shocked here. But is it a fair tease to say that this is a true pick em? Payoff. <laughs> Absolutely, Trey Kirby. In fact, I said the exact same thing in the video. <laughs> oh, man! Oh, man! Uh, so, yeah, we'll show you that uh, a little bit uh, later. Uh, I will say Cut to you guys... Cut it out, JD! I don't know Sorry about you. Sorry for ruining it. Um, Pull it my, out. My, my lights are uh, flickering over here. I don't oh, know if it's because yeah. of the rain, oh, yeah, what's baby. going on here in Atlanta. So if, uh, if one of us drops out, if I drop out, you know, somebody else take control here. Uh, because you never know in Atlanta when your power is going to go. But I'm here right now. We're going to start with a little fill in the blank. Now, there were 11 games on last night. I'm sure we won't get to them all. But we'll try our best here. And the first question to ask, you can get us started, is I want you to fill in the blank. Most impressive win last night, according to you, was blank. Yeah, there were a lot of them in this 11-game slate. But let's start with a team that's hot that you wouldn't expect to be hot, the Philadelphia 76ers. Considering everything going around the team, the fact that they've won four straight, they beat another hot team in the Chicago Bulls, now sit at six and two, that's a bit surprising. 
the fact that this team was a number one seed last year, uh, but has kind of, you know, been middling a little bit without Ben Simmons. They now have no Tobias Harris without Danny Green as well. I think that's right in Doc Rivers' wheelhouse, though. He loves coaching up role players. You've seen it before in the past, in several years in the past, and he loves saying, we're the underdogs. Oh, I pulled out a little Doc Rivers there. Yeah. We're the underdogs. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, you know, back in, he did it as a coach when he went coach of the year at the beginning of this century uh, with the Orlando Magic in 01, <laughs> 02. Uh, a couple of years ago when uh, he had that team that Tobias Harris was the best player with the Clippers mm-hmm. in 18, 19. In 2015, he had the bulletin board material when they went into the playoffs against the San Antonio Spurs. Look at what all the experts said. They're gonna <laughs> lose and so they won that i think he loves coaching from behind and it showed last night against the chicago bulls team who has been playing well you got guys like cork miles you know the turk Furk, as one of our fans called uh george niang <laughs> oh niang gang stand up <laughs> yeah great game. i mean he's playing great andre drummond tybel's defense uh shake milton especially though seth curry who is scorching a guy who was sort of on the fringe of this league a few years ago it feels strange to say that he had 22 last night he's shooting 54 percent from three on the season and he had three big shots in the fourth quarter and it kind of sealed his last one sealed it with 10 seconds left uh to make it a four-point game but after that what an ending because i know everybody was talking about it including trey kirby the demar Derozan, a great game for the bulls 37 and then he tried to dunk on joel Embiid at the end there to put an exclamation point on his night doesn't mean the Bulls were going to win it, but he tried to throw it down with less than 10 seconds left, and Joel Embiid winning got that thing. What a beautiful, beautiful block. There was a challenge and all that, uh, but I know you were a little upset there, Trey, considering there might have been a little body on that. But oh, it, was, it, was, it was called a foul, and then it, it was, was overturned Yeah, following the coach's challenge from Doc there. What, well, yeah, it wasn't right. a foul because it was overturned. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, no right. doubt. There's no doubt. The previous 10 seasons in the NBA, that's a foul. Easily, easily. DeMar DeRozan going to the line shooting two. This season, that ain't a foul. Mm. I hated to see it go against the Bulls, but we've been talking for two weeks now how much fun it is to watch all this contact at the rim, fewer free throws, and I thought it was a consistent call. Like, I obviously would have loved to see it go the Bulls' way. There was certainly contact, Uh, but I think the fact, Will Purdue said this post-game on the Bulls broadcast, the fact that Embiid goes down here and DeRozan kind of goes through him, I think hurts DeRozan's case. Uh, Embiid, as we know, is a big-time flopper, so take it for with a grain of salt, but... You know, if the big guy goes down, you're probably not calling a foul on him in that scenario. So, unfortunately, I have to say the correct call on this one. But Tass is right. Seth Curry was amazing. It wasn't just the jumper with about 10 seconds left. Uh, The Sixers were up three. Or Sorry, uh, another clutch jumper from Seth Curry. Bulls are on a 9-0 run with about six and a half minutes left. He knocks one in there. Really put uh, an end to the bleeding for Philly. A couple of minutes later, Sixers are up one with 5.20 left, hits another clutch jumper, and then, like Tass said, 10 seconds left, Sixers up two, almost a turnover. Caruso almost gets it. Lonzo almost gets it. Solid defense by Caruso again, but just a really nice shot from Seth Curry. He's up to 17 points per game this season, having his best career year. Not just a three-point shooter anymore either. I think his off-the-dribble game has really, really grown Kind of like a C.J. McCollum light at this point. And he's been really, really reliable for the Sixers. And I thought it was super impressive uh, that they ran that last play for the jumper to get him a jumper rather than just trying to go to Joel Embiid, who was struggling last night. Do you think there's some truth to what Tass was saying, Lili, about 
the the Sixers, especially under Doc Rivers, like sort of trying to lean into being an underdog, you know, short on bodies, obviously the whole Ben Simmons drama, and like that may galvanize like a, a locker room. Is you think there could be some truth to that? Yes, absolutely. Doc, when he had like the big three there in LA, he was like, we're the underdogs here. You've got like Hall of Famer Chris Paul as your point guard. He always likes to play that card because I think that's exactly what it is. It's like, listen, everyone's dismissing us. Everyone's writing us off. And they got off to a bit of a scratchy start there, Philadelphia, but they won four in a row of their home games here, this home stand. And last night's probably the most impressive because the Bulls have been playing so well. And it wasn't like that Joel Embiid went out and went for 45. They just got contributions from a lot of guys across the board. And Furkan, throwing down the reverse in traffic or not in traffic but in the open I haven't seen that one before from him but uh, yeah I think they've they've basically kind of moved on they know that like Simmons isn't coming back anytime soon so this is their roster uh, and yeah they just went out and played really well and especially Joel Embiid because remember he sat out a game not too long ago with a knee injury and he looked against the Knicks he took seven shots it looked like the workload was too much for him I think they're figuring out, like, he has to get help. He has to get guys knocking down shots. And Seth Curry, I mean, yeah, I think he's the all-time leader in three-point percentage. And uh, he's showing why. He's out there just knocking them down. So if you've got him, if you've got Maxi hitting his doodahs as well, the Sixers are just a better unit when they get so many guys. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, couldn't I almost resist. want to explain that one to the people watching. Uh, Maxi yeah. hitting his no. doodahs. But uh, I what, about, what about Matisse Thibel again, defensively? I mean, he... He is just yeah. a, a beast. His arms feel like they're about nine feet long. He can always contest shots. He's always altering shots. You know, that shot, I, I know I picked him for most improved because I wanted him to sort of do what he does on the defensive end, on the offensive end, as far as hitting open shots because he's out there on the court so much. But it's not going to happen. But uh, even still, to have a guy like that who can you can throw on the perimeter on anybody uh, is such a great asset to have for the Sixers. Yeah, great win from uh, Philadelphia over a good Bulls team who, who made it close, got back in it, and huge DeRozan game, and Levine chipped in, uh, but came up short in the end. Okay, Sixers impressive win. Let's go to you next, Trey. Uh, who else jumped out at you with a nice W last night? Nice win for the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Portland Trailblazers last night. Three and two, three and two road trip for the for the Cavs. Beat the Nuggets and the Clippers, and then it's tough to win a game when you come home after a road trip. That's the Tass Mellis trap game right there. But no problem uh, for the Cavs last night, who got pretty solid performances from Evan Mobley once again. Eleven and 11, 24 and seventeen uh, for Jarrett Allen, who had a really nice game down the stretch scored six points 10-4 run um for the Cavs there and then Tass's brother-in-law also had a good game Dylan the Windler hit three threes <laughs> last night had 13 points um but I don't know a nice win for the Cavs they're looking solid to start the season just like they did last year but this is more about the Blazers dropping another one where they could have won. Damian Lillard had a shot at the end. Pretty solid defense by Jared Allen to force a tough look from three on the left wing. Kind of the left corner there. Lillard misses. And the Blazers are now at three and five. And they just, uh, I don't know. I don't know where to turn here if I'm the Blazers. Because they got solid performances from Lillard. He had 26 on 27 shots. Maybe his best game of the season so far. McCollum had 21. Norman Powell had 23. And they got 15 off the bench from Anthony Simons, but nobody else really did anything. And if you're not going to be able to beat the Cavs, I understand it's a road game and the Cavs have been playing well, but that should be a win Mm -hmm. uh, for the Blazers. So I don't know. I don't know. Portland just not looking themselves so far to start the season. Meanwhile, Cleveland, they're balling. Tass, you must have loved this. You're the biggest Cavs fan I know. 
at least <laughs> on this show. Um, yeah, another good win, like Trey said. Took, take us through it. Yeah, they're, they're solid. Uh, obviously, um, Dame is still not himself. The fact that, yeah, this was probably his best game, 26 points on 27 shots, just speaks to how much he's struggling. Yeah, Dame is better than that, and he's uh, he's struggling to start this season. I always bring up the fact that it was only mere months ago that he had a really bad stretch. It was nine games or so where he, he struggled. It was in April. Uh, but that was sort of sandwiched in the middle of the season and they were doing fine. So it doesn't stick out as much to what he's doing now to start the year. But if you just watch that game, although I am the biggest Cleveland fan and it was great to see my brother-in-law come off and rock his set <laughs> off the bench. Uh, it does I, sound on the broadcast totally. like they're saying Whittler. I almost texted to ask last night. I was like, it sounds like Whittler. It's Whittler, but it's not. Yeah. And, and listen, um, my brother-in-law is a headliner. Windler only came in because Lowry Markkinen was hurt. Uh, and and, and, and yeah. the fact that this is a Cleveland Cavaliers team and they're able to go deep when they've got injuries, uh, they've got issues, but they still win the game. That speaks to their depth. And on the other side, yeah, speaks to a bit of a lack of depth on the, on the Blazers' side. But if you watch this game, Dame is... Uh, it, it really, he really just is not himself. I mean, the fact that he's missing layups inside, he can't take contact. There's, he's just off, and uh, I think that will go away shortly. As much as I get excited about the Cavs, as much as I got excited about watching Lillard get blocked by Evan Mobley, a seven footer can just guard you one on one on the perimeter with under a minute left. The Cavs feel comfortable with that, and he's able to trail him. And then Jared Allen's increased confidence if you like old school basketball you love watching that guy get it in the post left hand right hand whatever he feels so good about it um but it, it yeah my my love for the Cavs is it's 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 kind of squashed by watching Dame and just not being right at this point because I think they lose this game if Damon Lillard is half of himself but he's just uh you know you're shooting around 35 percent for the season you know under 25 percent from three it's gotta come around at some point I assume well, yeah, and you just can't have, like, what, three guys on the other team you're playing shoot over 60% from the floor, three starters at that. Uh, and, Lee, one of the things early in a season that people love to do, and we're just as guilty of it, um, that guy's going to be an all-star. That guy's <laughs> on pace to be an all-star after, you know, like nine or ten games. <laughs> oh, yeah. One name I haven't heard that much that should be at least in that weird little conversation for the start of a season is, Tass said, Jared Allen, I think – has to be there at least right now. Will he probably make it? No. But the guy's like 15 and 10 and shooting over 70% uh, yeah. and giving it defensively too. He's been awesome for this Cavs team. He stays in his lane, but he's very effective. Yeah. He did the same thing against the Hornets the other night where they don't have a big and he just went inside and just dunked it all night long. And yeah, 24 and 17 last night. They're 5 and 4, the Cavs. I remember this time last season. I was enjoying the Cavs. They were a fun team <laughs> yeah, to watch. They started hot last think, year. Right. I think I even had Colin Sexton in the All-Star you conversation. Did. So That's Jared right. Allen is this year's Colin Sexton. Uh, but, yeah, you, you kind of pointed out there, Skeets, actually. The Blazers, Lillard, the shooting slumps happen, okay? But that's not going to improve anything for Portland if they can't defend. Mm -hmm. 15 of 30 from downtown last night, the Cavs. And uh, I haven't checked the, the stats. Maybe I assume if he's in the stream team can tell me how many of those were wide open or uncontested because it just felt like so many times 
the Cavs had a three-pointer where there was just not a defender really close. And, uh, you know, any team should be able to light you up like that. And that was a problem, I think, for the for the Blazers. They sort of made it close enough, but they just couldn't really restrict Cleveland from getting an open look or an easy basket. And, and that's how you're going to lose games if the other team is still scoring or just getting open shots. So they've got a lot of problems. Um, but Cleveland, you know, they're not a bad team. They're actually been very competitive this season. Picked up a couple of nice wins. So this one isn't as bad as maybe you would have thought at the start of the season where you're like, right. okay, the Blazers, they're going to get a win in Cleveland. Cleveland's been playing hard. Five and four, like I say. And yeah, Jared Allen, he's uh, he's just one of those guys who understands exactly what his strengths are. He plays to those and he doesn't really try to do too much else. And that sometimes is just all you need is from a coach. It's like from as a coach from a player. It's like, just play what you can play. Don't step out and try to hit those threes if that's not your game. Just stay around the paint because he's tall, he's athletic, and he knows how to finish. Yeah, right. J.B. Bickerstaff was basically like, uh, Darius Garland and Jarrett Allen, you're scoring against McCollum and Nurkic every single time. So they just went back to it every single time. 10 assists for Darius Garland, and like you're saying, Lee, 24 for Jarrett Allen. A lot of them were dunks. There was that one post move that was really nice, Tass, where he spun a bunch of times, but there were just so many screen and roll opportunities for the Cavs in this one where there was nobody inside. That's how the Windler got all of his shots as well movement outside dean wade hey a three as well he had shots and it was like come on portland they're 24th in defense right now and every game in the fourth quarter it's the same opponents are taking their turns usually with mccollum they're usually going for mccollum but lillard is a victim just as much all right great win from the Cavs, lee what about you give me something else a team we haven't really talked about a whole lot and a team I was kind of high on, the LA Clippers, got a, an impressive victory last night because they've started off slowly and they were going to Minnesota and talk about execution here last night for the LA Clippers because this one, like the, the Minnesota Timbers, it was our pick and pay. If they went in as favorite and you can understand why because the Clippers hadn't won on the road yet. The Timberwolves are at home still, but the Clippers went out there and went uh, only... F- Hang on, sorry, I've got the wrong... Uh, 21 for 36, that's what it was from downtown here. The Nick, Nicholas Batum, 6 for 8 for 3. Reggie Jackson, 7 for 9. Paul George, 4 for 8. And then Terrence Mann, 3 for 3 off the bench. And that really, in that third quarter, just sucked the life out of the Timberwolves. They couldn't keep up. Uh, and this was one of those games where Carl Anthony Towns, you know, he's a good player, but he's going up against uh, Zubats and Nicholas Batum last night. And they just they just held him, you know, like he wasn't able to dominate. He should be able to dominate those guys. And they weren't able to do that. And then Patrick Beverly almost had a triple double last night. But my God, is there anyone else who brings more to the table yet absolutely steals just as much off the table than Patrick Beverly? Last night, crucial plays, two plays in the last four or five minutes. Just careless, stupid turnovers from Patrick Beverly. One led to a wide-open transition dunk for Nicholas Batum. And then the other one, the Clippers didn't actually score on the three, but they lost a possession, the Timberwolves, when they really needed to make a push. Patrick Beverly, his defensive intensity, all that energy he brings, you know, that's where he really wants to establish himself as a player. Had an incredible steal on Paul George there last night. But then... The turnovers, he's sort of taunting Luke Kennard with the ball there, and then he throws it, Kennard deflects it, Batum runs off and and, uh, and dunks it. And then the other one, Zubats isn't even looking, and Beverly throws it off his arm because he can't just make that simple play. He's trying to make some sort of high percentage or, or high-risk play, and it, and it cost his team. So the Clippers needed a win on the road. They needed an impressive win. They shot the ball incredibly well, but the Timberwolves... I mean, this was a game that they, you know, they could have won, but uh, they just didn't. They just don't have that ruthlessness. And and again, Towns, 
I'm looking at uh, Nicholas Batum just basically holding him out of the block, just saying, you know what, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to beat me. And Towns three for eight from downtown, he can shoot the three fine, but you need him downtown uh, in the paint there, like just saying, okay, I can beat up Zubats. I mean, Zubats is a solid player. <laughs> He's a solid player. I, I, don't, I don't I respect his game, but Towns is supposed to be one of those you know franchise altering players, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, just disappointing that he wasn't he didn't really just grab that game last night and said no one can stop me inside i'm just going to feast on these guys and he didn't and the clippers uh, uh you know deserve to win this game for a very impressive performance yeah was it you tass that was sharing the clip last night on twitter of uh beverly uh slapping luke mm-hmm. Kennard's hands mm-hmm. <laughs> was that uh, I yeah so. <laughs> I, I know i know people don't like to talk about or people don't like hearing other people talk about their tweets but i gotta say this is one of my favorite tweets of the year. Just Patrick Beverly being annoying because it's happened now twice. Uh, and, and Clippers fans just rejoicing and watching Patrick Beverly ruin the Timberwolves. And have it, I mean, he, he does a lot of good things on the floor. Yeah. But, you know, uh, twice uh, this season and uh, I tweeted them both because I had such a good time watching it. First time he complained to the refs, don't talk. Or sorry, he went up to his, his bench players, his players, and he said, don't talk to the referees. Stop talking to them. And then, well, does Patrick Beverly sound like Doc Rivers? Anyways, and then he goes to the referee. He complains. And then Jonas Valanciunas goes to the free throw line. And Patrick Beverly sticks his butt into Jonas Valanciunas for no reason at the free throw line and gets hit with a tech foul. Love that one. Then yesterday, uh, you know, just playing playing you know grade school games uh, with Luke Kennard. <laughs> Don't, you can't touch me. Don't touch me. And slaps his hands. He gets hit Slapping with a technical handy. foul. Yep. And then Luke Kennard puts... Uh, his hands up to try and block the inbound after the Paul George went and hit the technical foul. And yeah, he got a deflection and they go and get two points. So it cost them three points just like that. But I think either way, the Clippers win this game because they shot so well as yeah. they pointed out the stats. I mean, it, this they was... They looked like the Clippers from last year who could yeah. miss three. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just getting scorching hot. And and it, people talk about uh, jump shooting teams can't win in the playoffs. And obviously, you know, that's been destroyed by people think the Golden State Warriors, but the Mavs were the most jump shooting team. And that happened a long time ago. And the Clippers were on their way to being one of those teams, you know, they went to the conference finals. They hit more jump shots than either of those teams that I mentioned that won the championship and uh, don't get anywhere close to the hoop with their, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George led teams. And I know Lee uh, picked them as a, uh, a team that could go to the finals this year. I do too. I think that they could, even with their, their jump shooting squad, especially when you watch them get hot like this seven threes from Reggie Jackson, who was, Huge in the playoffs last year. He looked like that guy again. This was his best game of the season. Six from Batum. Paul George doing his thing. Terrence Mann, 17 off the bench. And then Luke Kennard, his best moments were just being annoying, getting in Patrick Beverly's way. And then the defense. <laughs> but uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't annoying Patrick. He was just standing there. And Patrick Beverly was <laughs> I'm just being Luke Kennard. Yeah. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, he was kind enough. of on the line. <laughs> yeah, but but again, but you see uh, Beverly yeah. like putting the ball in his face as if like you're too close, you're too close. And then he just, Luke Kennard has his arms up and he just threw it into his arm. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what do you do yeah. that for, man? Like, oh, Jesus, it must drive you crazy. I mean, Finchie on the side there must just don't know what to do because, <laughs> like I say, he brings that defensive, like, like, like work ethic that he wants everyone else to bring 
But then he's also like, but I'll give them a few points as well. What the hell? Who cares? <laughs> if Chris Finch is Finchy from The Office UK, who is Patrick Beverly from The Office UK? Oh, he, he might be the IT guy, Simon Simons, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. You can't get a straight answer out of him, you know? He annoys everybody. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going here with our next question. There was some other Hold on, Skeets. Hold on, Skeets. Oh. Hold on, Skeets. This okay. was uh, from Spencer Gray. Ready for the Pacers' nice win to mm. not get oh, mentioned. Jesus. I mean, what, what the fuck did I tell you? We're not getting every fucking game. Okay? Hold up. Hold up, buddy. Fuck. I got something on this one. God damn it. Nice win by the Pacers last night. <laughs> Moving oh, on. God. Well, we might get... This is my thing. We might get to them here in these next couple of questions. Maybe not. Fill in the blank. One player you might not know but need to is blank lee you get us started and it can be uh, from last night's games or what they've done early in the season well both actually last night's game go. this guy was very good for the memphis grizzlies he's been good all season far too early to talk awards but he might be in the running for most improved i'm going with desmond bain for the memphis grizzlies uh another good night last night 16 points hit a crucial three that sort of separated the uh the grizzlies for their second win over the nuggets but he's been good all season long shooting over 40 percent from downtown now he's starting and he's largely getting uh, that role and extra minutes because Dylan Brooks is out. But Dylan Brooks is due back sometime soon. I think he's actually a little... Uh, he was due back a little bit earlier, but he's still out for right now. And this is going to provide a bit of a good problem here for Taylor Jenkins because Bain is really giving them, I think, their second most reliable scorer. I think I think Jaron Jackson's probably their second best player. He's not shooting the ball all that well right now. But Bain is out there knocking down those shots and spreading the floor playing tough defense. You know, he's chipping in some rebounds and assists here and there, but he's just provided that solid hand and has hit some big shots already for them this season. So I think he's been great. He's up to 17 points a game, up from nine points last season. But again, this is his second year. He's a mature age uh, sophomore too. Uh, but, you know, like Dylan Brooks, that's his spot. And But if you're, if you're Jenkins, they're playing well. They're winning mm-hmm. games. Coaches do like to sort of stay with what's working. I'm not sure what he's going to do when Brooks comes out. I don't think he automatically reinserts him, but uh, Bain has been a, a revelation, I think, so far. I mean, he showed glimpses of it last season, but he's really stepped up. So I like what he's been giving the Grizzlies on, on both ends of the floor. And uh, again, if you're shooting over 40% from downtown, he's actually down slightly from last year, but he's still at 42%. So uh, let's let's just worry about that. He's been great for them. Yeah, that was a great win. I mean, that could have been one of the answers, uh, obviously, in the first question there. Getting that two-point victory and Jaron Jackson Jr. doing a decent job on, on Jokic there late, and he hit a bunch of threes as well. Um, that's a good one, though. Dean Wade. And Hollinger has a great article up uh, on The Athletic going through some guys, maybe under-the-radar guys that you don't know of or the casual fan doesn't know of that are playing really, really well right now. Uh, Trey, let's go to you next. Fill in that blank. Uh, one player you might not know, but you need to. is Yeah, who- just real quick on that Hollinger article. He mentions Desmond Bain in that one. And I kind of wish I had never read it because in it he mentions that a reason Bain dropped in the draft is that he has very short arms. And that to me was very much like Mikhail Bridges. Once I noticed how long his arms were, I couldn't stop looking at it. And now with Bain, I'm like, this guy can barely touch his waistband. That's yeah. how short his yeah, arms they are. They are short. That's crazy, man. His, his arms are crazy short yeah. right now. His biceps are great. He was the guy I mentioned the other day. So, true. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, his bicep is tiny. It's like yeah. three inches long. Of course it's going to be gigantic. That's wild, though. I'm like, how does he pull his pants up? Seems unbelievable to me. Uh, you've heard of Jordan Poole, right? Yeah, you guys know yeah. about Jordan Poole. Yeah. But also, you, now that I'm thinking about this, you do know about Gary Payton. The second. 
Well, I mean, you know about Gary Payton the original, <laughs> yes, but you also right. know about Gary Payton the second, who had a nice game last night. Yep. GP2, the mitten. Mark Jackson even dropped a GP, are you with me, on the broadcast last night, which oh, I was happy to hear. No surprise to me that when he hears GP, he thinks of Kirk Franklin as well. But <laughs> Gary Payton the second was actually really solid last night uh, for the Warriors. Every time he came in, he really changed the game with his effort and his energy and obviously he's a solid defensive player as well had a massive uh one-handed jam last night dunk of the night and post game basically all of the warriors were saying we love watching this guy play he brings an energy and a verve that we don't always have uh he kind of is giving i feel the warriors what they were expecting to get from kelly Oubre last year just a super athlete who's going to maybe knock down a shot and make some plays in transition. He was really good for the Warriors last night. They got an easier than expected win, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, over the Hornets. And just a solid performance um, that the Warriors are getting uh, from Gary Payton II. And they've gotten some nice stuff from Poole. He had a great game last night, which was pretty solid. You know, 22-point victory over the Hornets on a night when Steph, uh, Steph Curry was struggling. And it was because the role players showed up for Golden State. Yeah, that's a great one. GP2, what a dunk that he had last night. I think it was the number one play there in the top 10 uh, plays from Wednesday night. Lots to pick from. Okay, I like that one. Tass, who do you got, man? Well, I'll just add to that story there because uh, Steph had a, a cold night, 15 points. Last year, the Warriors were 11-14 and 14 when Steph didn't score 30 points. This year, they're 5-0. and 0. Huh. And uh, I think that speaks to, uh, stick with me here, something you haven't heard of, the Steph Curry coaching tree. Uh, because, uh, yeah, he's a great coach, and I think it trickles down. You see what Seth Curry is doing to his bro, running off the screens. Damian Lee, what he's doing. And uh, I think even Clay Thompson, it's it's trickling down to him because you mentioned Jordan Poole with 31, Trey. He was cold coming into this game, uh, but Clay Thompson took him aside, Coach Clay, and he said, listen, I set the NBA record for threes in a game the other year, 14 threes. Coming into it, I stunk. I couldn't hit a shot. I was shooting like 15% from three uh, because it was the eighth game of the season. First seven, I stunk. So Coach Clay coached up Jordan Poole, who had been struggling, and he dropped 31. So I think Coach Curry is is real. I think Coach Curry has had an effect on a lot of guys in this league. Um, you know, it's uh, joking aside, uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the Warriors being 6-1, and one, that's astonishing, really, when you have a, a right. cold night from Steph. And I think, yeah, it's a trickle-down effect. Steph working hard in the offseason and being who he is has had a trickle-down effect. And and just, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how we've had the discipline of not talking about the Raptors to this point, that they've won five freaking straight games. I'm sure you'll get to that, Skeets. Uh, but just to talk about John Hollinger's article, not to toot our own horns, but Desmond Bain talk about his biceps all the time and, and the rest of the guys <laughs> that he talked about in that article – uh, Cole Anthony, we just talked about his mean mugging. Cam Reddish, he's taken over as the sixth man for the Hawks. Talk about him. Javante Green, Jalen Brunson, talk about him. Rashawn Holmes, not so much. Howell Neto, now nah, we never talk about him. Uh, but, you know, we talk about a lot of those guys every day on this show. And uh, this leak is uh, it's quite talented. Want to get to that, too. Like Gary Payton, again, a 15th guy. Gary Payton the second, a 15th guy on that team is now getting minutes. And Steve Kerr said post-game, no more of this situational stuff where he comes in uh, and, and bats ninth or is a pinch hitter, pinch runner, and, and just gets a steal at the end of the quarter. This guy's got to play. He's playing well. So that guy has earned himself uh, a spot in this league. And I, and I think it's a trickle-down effect with the way the, the Warriors kick ass uh, with their, their player development there. 
Do we need to call him Gary Payton the second, or can we I just call him Gary Payton because his I dad's obviously not playing anymore? I, no, it's a. Le- I know. <laughs> a I know. Legit it's... question. I, I just want to know. I want to set the groundwork here, Lee. Are we going? Is he Gary Payton the second? Is he Gary Payton two? Is he GP two? <laughs> is he just Gary Payton? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm happy to drop all those twos and juniors and stuff, especially when the guy's 28. I mean, this is the, the real thing with Gary Payton. Will he actually stick around? Right. He's been in and out of the league right, quite right. a bit over the last few years, and he hasn't been able to find a, a consistent role and a consistent spot. But again, yeah, if you bring the defensive energy like he, he did last night and he goes out there and can get some buckets, he will stick around. But mm. this is, I think, his second season anyway in Golden State. So he's been there before. So they, they sort of like what they see, but... He just has to prove that he can uh, sort of hang on here for a bit because uh, he's, you know, 28 is young in real life. But in the basketball world, if you haven't sort of got a a confirmed contract, you know, you're probably less likely to do so. So, yeah, yeah, I thought he was uh, I thought he was good. But it, it feels like that he does come along. And have some highlights. You think, okay, yeah, this guy's good. And then all of a sudden he's waved and he's not in the league anymore. So we'll see. Um, everybody's a, a, a backseat podcaster here today because here's a comment from Quinn. I've never understood using platforms like this to talk about players that casuals don't know about. <laughs> no one here is a casual, so what's the point other than snobbery? Snobbery, excuse me, aimed at folks or even listening. Um, Quinn, you're wrong. My mother-in-law listens to the show. <laughs> she has no fucking idea who Gary Payton the second is. She doesn't know who Gary Payton is. All right? So you're actually wrong, too. Anybody else got a comment out there uh, on the stream yeah. team? As everybody wants to run the show here. Uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, if you ask me. But I will, I will say Jalen Brunson is my answer to this, too, and, and not just because of the game he had last night. Uh, I call him basically Dallas Van Vliet. He is Fred Van Vliet for the yeah. Mavericks. He, he really is. Um, he shot 40.5% from three last year. He's at 42.3% this year from deep. Hollinger did note him. You said it there, Tass, in his article. Great job at generating shots for others. Averages three assists basically for every turnover. And he started the last two games for Dallas here. He's averaging 28-9-3. Now, it's only two games. But my God, is he helping out Luka. And they got a very close win versus the Spurs last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw the end of that one, Lily. They put Boban uh, on the inbounds passer just to <laughs> be giant. Uh, he actually joked about it after the game. He said he learned that from the Spurs, uh, just yeah. standing there and waving his hands. And, and then the Spurs like threw a bit of a Hail Mary down there that couldn't connect. But anyway, Jalen Brunson's been really good for them. Yeah, he has. I mean, he is a very steady hand for them. He's been like that for the last couple of seasons where he comes out and he, just, he, he can run the offense. But... Again, for the Mavericks, for him to be playing so importantly last night, I think is a bit of a concern. I think they need other contributors there. But uh, they're third in the West right now, the Mavs, somehow, which is uh, a shock to me because it feels like they're they're not that good. But I know it's early season and stuff. But uh, the Boban play, we used to do that as well with always the big kid on our team at the end. of the, Or any time you need to sort of put someone on the inbound play, you just get the tallest guy with the longest arms because... It just makes it harder to throw the ball right. in. So, you can't uh, see. You can't see. <laughs> yeah. Trey, were you ever, uh, you know, assigned that role? I mean, you you would have been. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, the tall stand there and jump guy. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I never had the coaching from Greg Popovich. I love that Boban continued. I guess I've become a professional at guarding the inbounder. <laughs> you are a professional, but I also like this comment uh, from Mario who says, wait, are we not mentioning the Pacers win last night? <laughs> no, we're going to do 30 minutes in the next block on the Pacers big win uh, over the Knicks. Who, by the way, I mean, they got their guys back. They got Karis LeVert and, and Brogdon here, so maybe they start turning around. That was a nice win. I, I'm not shitting on the Pacers fans. It's like, I just said, we can't get to everything. Uh, we're, you know, in the end, we get to everything. I guess we get there. <laughs> um, uh, final one here. 
And they were wearing them. So it could be an answer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> fill in the blank. Best city edition jersey that was in action last night. I think the Pacers were wearing theirs. Sixers, Nets, mm-hmm. Wizards, Grizzlies, and Warriors were uh, the six teams. Unless I'm forgetting buddy, uh, somebody. But Trey, who do you have for uh, now seeing them you know, in person there, at least on your screen last night? What, no mention of the Pacers' nice jerseys last night? <laughs> I, t- I did. Oh, oh I yes, did. yes, yes, you did. Uh, uh, I regret to put this picture up on the stream here, but the Sixers were the clear winners last ah, night. Gorgeous. Furkin, hanging from the Furkin rim. Uh, these looked incredible. The Spectrum uniforms for the Philadelphia 76ers. You got the colorful side panels. You got the cool font. The navy blue was a banger. Does strike me as a little bit odd that these are jerseys based around a building. You don't see a lot of clothes that are made out of buildings these days. Uh, you know, nobody's wearing like an Eiffel Tower shirt. I don't have a Sears Tower shirt. I don't know. Nobody's. We- I guess I'm wearing like factory pants if I'm wearing Carhartts. But <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think there's like there's not like a Chicago Bears Soldier Field jersey. But I, it looked awesome. I thought that the yeah. Sixers were clearly the coolest looking of these new jerseys last night, probably the most unique as well. I'm putting them up into my elite tier. I had them a a tier below the Clippers and the Hornets, but now seeing them, these are great. Okay, yeah, vote for the Sixers. By the way, I was wrong when we did like a deep dive on these earlier this week. Uh, I thought I read these weren't coming until like late December, early 2022, and suddenly a couple days later, we had six teams wearing them, Tass, and a couple... uh, alternate courts too not that i'm angry with it i just had my information wrong so apologies for that but where are you going from what you saw last night what was your favorite yeah the sixers uh beautiful chef's kiss they're fantastic they got the old vibes to them the colorful nature of them but uh, i think a combination jersey and floor is a great look for the brooklyn nets because yeah we all know that the jersey is great uh the dark blue just because it, it's you know, a throwback, it's a combination of their, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's got all that with the stars and all that. But we've seen it before. But then you throw in the floor aspect because they, they changed out the floor from, you know, the gray scale to, to a colorful floor. It's really drastically different from what you usually see. And a lot of people hate the gray scale. I get it. There's no colors on it. So I think that combination was really nice to see because it's just so, so different. And some of the jerseys out there on the floor last night, like the Grizzlies, it's a nice jersey. Like Mm -hmm. the Warriors, it's a nice jersey when you look at it, you get it under a magnifying glass. The garment is beautiful. Uh, There's like, you know, (laughs) nice little details on it and, and the Grizzlies as well. But when you watch it from afar, it doesn't really look all that different. And mm. so, yes, if I yeah. if it's for if it's for sales, I get it. it. It would it would it would be cool to have the Warriors lightning bolt, you know, going down your side panel if you if you had it on. But you know, watching it, it just doesn't it doesn't do a lot. The black on black just doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, so uh, I like just the the ones that stand out. And the next floor obviously stands out a lot from what they're usually doing and a lot of people hate that so it's a it's a nice little throwback to the early 90s as well i love those nets jerseys lee i mean take us back to kenny anderson coleman petrovich and all that but what do you got for the other ones we saw last night well, we, we could play What About This Jersey, but it's funny that Tass had the screenshot there of the of the Nets court because I was trying to do the same thing. It's very hard, though, to get the like the paint and the Nets logo into a screenshot because I had several like that myself last <laughs> night. I was going to tweet out and say, flame emoji, flame emoji, flame emoji. It's very, very hard to do. So, um, But I, I, think, I think the lesson here for all the teams is 
Blue is a very, very safe, sexy, <laughs> awesome color to make your jerseys. I mean, it is, you know, like uh, the Sixers looks great. The Nets looks great. And the Grizzlies, I mean, it's, it's blue, isn't it? It's not black. Did you, did you say it was black, Taz? I thought. No, the Warriors no, are black. The Warriors it, uh, black. Oh, sorry, sorry, the, sorry. The yeah. Memphis Grizzlies is a dark blue, yeah. Yeah, blue, yeah. yeah. And, the, and that's the thing. The Grizzlies one, it looks like the, the jersey they had, you know, last season. It doesn't look a whole lot different. But it's, again, it's just a simple, safe, reliable color to go with. So uh, that's what you need to do. Incorporate a blue <laughs> uniform into your uh, franchise, I think. Way to go. Y'all heard of blue? <laughs> yeah, I mean the Raptors they just don't lose at all, do they? The Raptors, yeah. Although the Raptors are okay, they they um. Well, some people know, were upset don't... that the Raptors didn't go with the the Husky. Blues yeah, they had the, uh, for the championship red on last night, didn't they? I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they were just yeah, yeah. actually, and another one, the road. Wizards, the Bullets, the Bullets blue last Yeah, night. I thought those looked, looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did so, I say uh, that when I was going through the teams? No, I did. No Wizards, I did say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys because I tweeted this last night. Just interested to hear your take, everybody in the stream team here. Uh, what do you guys make of these giant, and I think it's safe to call them giant, ads that we're seeing, not just on the sideline there, like Betway, but on the baseline? I, I, I'm convinced like 90% of the courts now have these. Um, you see here, like crypto.com. No big deal, Trey. You're used to it. Don't like it because you're just used to seeing you know, the, the team name there. You can see the Sixers down in the left-hand corner there, but what's your take on these? I guess my take now is enjoy it while it lasts because this will seem like not a lot of ads eventually. Even though these are gigantic, you're right, Skeets. It almost uh, washes over me seeing this, Mm. but you're right. I mean, Crypto.com and Betway takes up more space than Sixers does, which would not have been the case in the past five seasons. But, you know, watch a EuroLeague game. Do they even put the team name around the outside of the court or is it all ads? Because that's what it will be soon. Also, just like look at the stanchion here. It's covered in ads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, it's big now, but in the future, we're going to be like, wow, look at these tiny ads. Remember when they made ads this small? You couldn't even get them all in the same screenshot. Okay. Lately, what do you think? Especially the baseline one. I mean, we've seen ones on the sidelines before. I think they're getting a little bigger. But, yeah, the baseline ones to me are a little glaring. Well, I have to be honest. I think you actually brought it to my attention with your tweet oh, there last man, night because, uh, yeah, I, I was I was watching the game. You know, I'm a big game head. And, <laughs> what are you uh, saying? <laughs> big game head. Uh, shot yeah. directed at me. I only look at the baseline. <laughs> big game head. But but I mean, the, the point is obviously, yeah, for TV purposes, crypto wants to. They're paying the money, so they want to be seen more than the Sixers. You know, logo, which yeah. sucks. You would rather see the Sixers logo. All these throwback nights we've had uh, and moments. Put the team font there as well, so we can see it. But money talks, man. Money talks. Mm-hmm. Even cryptocurrency apparently talks as well. So I still don't even understand it, but uh, I know it's big. It's huge. <laughs> what do you mean? You just came on the Top Shot Hot Boys, man. We had no yeah, blockchain. It's big. Know, it's big. Okay. Um, Tass, any other comments on this? Uh, not you better pick you. the Pacers. You absolutely <laughs> fucking better right now. The right they now. were wearing navy. <laughs> I didn't see their quarter. Did you see those Pacers last night? Uh, I, I just wanted to comment on if we if you heard Kevin Harlan the other night, he was doing an ad read, just a you know standard ad read, but it was about betting, and he said. Three years ago, I would never be able to talk about betting, but now we're in bed with these guys. This business changes real fast. <laughs> uh, so I, I just loved hearing that. It just made me think of the baseline and, and how, yeah, you know, they're, they're starting to creep over. Skeets, they, I think the Nets were super prominent on the sideline, right under the guy's feet. Steve Nash stepping on some huge ad. But now, yeah, they're, they're creeping over. And, yeah, now they're becoming a little 
little European. The soccer, it's mm. everywhere on the floor for sure. I mean, it's happening. It's happening. It's creeping in. Things happen slowly, but then they happen fast, you know? Yeah, you see, you see a lot of them now. Uh, let's hear from everybody out there in the stream team. Drop your... Uh, your comments only about the Pacers uh, below this video. Only <laughs> <laughs> Pacers comments. From uh, C. Wee Crocker. Is this no dunks or no Pacers? <laughs> Good to know the Pacers fans have some sense, have a sense of humor. All right, it's well, unbelievable uh, that this is no Raptor ski. It's, they're the hottest team in the National Basketball Association. They've won yeah, five man. games in a row. I watched it. Great win. I mean, OG. Game lead up there, huh? on fire. What's that? You're a big game head up there. Oh, big game head. I didn't even look at the court. I didn't even know they were playing on a basketball court. I was so locked into that. Uh, yeah, it was a good win. They're on fire. I don't want to jinx anything, but it is pretty impressive with uh, you know, still no Siakam, who they're only saying now might be back in two weeks. That's been bumped up a little bit. I saw a report about that. And no Scotty Barnes there for the second game in a row. And yeah, they won their fifth straight. Big, big, big win. It's no Pacers victory, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> it's not bad. All right, well, after crapping on some uh, ads on the baseline, let's get to our own. <laughs> these ones. I'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, back with No Dunks here. Stream team having some fun with this whole Pacers thing on today's show. Uh, still with us as, uh, I think, Indianapolis should get an NBA team. Uh, Mario Perez says, how many times is Trey mentioning the Pacers in his best man speech? Sophie, maybe forcing it a little bit. Less Indochino, more indie Pacer. And uh, on and on and on. I'm glad we're having a larf. Uh, okay, let's get to Is This News? Yeah, a little Is This News. Got some headlines for you guys, and you can tell me whether or not they're newsworthy. First one, by way of ESPN, sources. This is Woj. Boston Celtics hold players-only meeting in wake of Marcus Smart's comments and collapse versus the Bulls. Now, Lee, before you answer, there is an update from Udoka. He said, quote, it wasn't really a players-only meeting. We had a team dinner scheduled way before anything happened. That was planned for some weeks now. We gave the players their time before the coaching staff and everybody else came down. So whatever, whether it's technically a players-only meeting or was it just the players were meeting before the staff showed up over dinner, uh, they got the victory. Is this newsworthy at all? Uh, well, so... If they're bickering over whether or not it was a players-only meeting, <laughs> I don't think that's good that the coaching staff is saying, no, it wasn't. And the players are saying, yeah, it was. You just weren't invited. And then they're saying, well, it was pre-planned. So we're always having players meetings. So it's difficult to understand exactly if it was. But here's the other concern. Now, if it was a players-only meeting and Woj got all this information, someone from the inside is the is the mole. They're oh, leaking boy. the information directly <laughs> to Woj. So yeah. 
Right. It's a players only meeting with a direct line to Woj. So I'd be a little bit concerned about that. But uh, look, the Celtics got out and had a very nice third quarter uh, on route to a victory against the Orlando Magic. So I guess players meetings work perfectly because if you come out and lose to a team like Orlando, then what happens after that? You have starting five only meeting and bench players aren't allowed in or, uh, or, or how does it work? But yeah, look, the Celtics... They've struggled to start this season. They're not playing all that well. So a players-only meeting is really what you do because you can't fire the coach. Ime's in his first season here, so that's not going to happen. So you have to find some other way. And apparently it was an emotional meeting there last night as yeah. well. So, uh, you know, but this is standard for a team. The Celtics have higher expectations, so they have to show they're doing something. They're trying to uh, break out of the rut. And, um, mm. If you were a guessing half, man, who's the mole? Come on, man. <laughs> Ooh, who is the mole? Al I mean, Wolford? I don't know. <laughs> Wancho? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you don't want to be outed as the mole, do you, this early into the season? But, no. uh, yeah. Did you ever watch uh, the mole? Did you ever watch that reality? That was huge in Australia, yeah. uh, actually. But, uh, it was a groundbreaking reality show, people say. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tess, <laughs> groundbreaking. Do you have any, uh, any thoughts on, on the Celtics win or this players-only meeting that wasn't a players-only meeting? No, not really. I do see uh, a lot of people in the stream team saying "players only, baby," as in the uh, <laughs> shout out to 3D. yeah, the, the shout out to three D and the idea that players only broadcasts would work the last few years. And we talked about how we in the starters, uh, the writers' room, and Matt Austin usually would say, "Hey, let's come up with a name first before actually thinking about the content of the segment." I was guilty of that too, for sure. I love just coming up with the dumb name and. I, put, I say those two things in tandem because maybe that's what happened with the broadcast. Maybe they just thought, players only, baby. I like the sound of that. How are we going to make that work? Oh, players? Yeah, that'll work. Didn't Possible. work. Um, but, but we got some good 3D, some great 3D lines out of it because Dennis Scott just loved saying, players only, baby. Mm. Uh, he loves a good line just like we do. He, was, he would love being in that writer's room and coming up with the players only baby. What happened to all his gear? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they've been donated. I'm sure there's a lot of people wearing it around Atlanta right now. Probably. There might be a Shooter's Paradise hat in, uh, at JD's house. I know that there were some that existed in the boxes uh, that we've gone through a few times. But speaking of great lines, seeing this a lot in the stream team as well. When Indiana does it. It's a Pacers-only meeting. <laughs> That's good. Uh, they had a nice win last night, the Pacers did. Much more impressive than the Boston Celtics after their players-only meeting. Uh, but yeah, there's no other name for it. When only the players are meeting, what are you supposed to call it? Team dinner, I guess. Al Horford said it was nice to break bread together, which I, I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They beat the Magic. They won by 13. Chill out, Beans. And they were yeah. down at half, too. Yeah, cool. yeah it wasn't looking Didn't good. Al Horford was <laughs> arguably the best player in this game for the Celtics. He, that, you know, he's a 35-year-old. I don't know if that's your the, the, the best avenue to a win when you got Jalen Brown. He scored 28, and Tatum sort of had another like rough shooting night, uh, but they had that big third-quarter run. Al Horford, though, guys, he's leading the league in blocks per game. Just a weird stat. 3.2 blocks per game for Al Horford. And I was like, okay, you know, he, we know he's been a great defender for a long time, but I'm like, yeah, maybe he had like a two and a half or a two blocks per game uh, season once upon a time. No, his best ever before this year right now, 1.5. Hmm. So what is going on with 35-year-old Al Horford? Just timing, man. You don't need, you don't need the, the, the vertical leap. You just need the timing on it all and be a big guy in there. But yeah, he had 12, 12, and 7. So he did have a good game and was pretty instrumental in that, in that run there to get the victory. So 
Good stuff. Um, I think just the whole meeting thing is they're saying, well, a meeting is, is scheduled, right? <laughs> this is just dinner and we're only players here and let's just talk about what you said. Have right, you that to that, me is a big difference. Have yeah, they booked that, the dinner a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, They knew they were curb, going on the road. Yeah, uh, Curb your enthusiasm when Jason Alexander and Larry David are arguing over a meeting about a meeting. That's what that's what it is. It's like he, Jason Alexander's in his office and Larry doesn't want to drive all the way over. Right. And then something happens and they get delayed and they want to have the most postpone the meeting to the next day. And then they start saying, well, why don't we meet at my place? Larry's saying he doesn't want to drive over. And they're saying, well, we're not having the meeting. And they start going back and forth. It's hilarious anyway. I'm not, I haven't done a good job of telling it, but uh, go and check it out. <laughs> have you been watching uh, the new season of Curb? I, I didn't see Sunday nights, but I saw the week before, yeah, with yeah. the uh, the plopping. That was great. Yeah, that was good. I, yeah. These have been two pretty good episodes yeah. so far. Uh, okay, our next headline here from The Athletic. Great website. You guys should get a subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. NBA competition committee wants rule change for take fouls. This is uh, Shams reporting this. So Trey... Get us started. Is this news? Yeah, I think this is news. It's news that complaining works. Keep complaining, people. Too many pump fake files, complain about it, they gone. Too many hacker whoever files, complain about it, they gone. Too much flopping, complain about it, they gone. They're still back, but at least there's a rule on the books. And I think that's what's going to happen here. We've gotten rid of these cheap files, and this feels like the next cheap file to get rid of. And you hear it on broadcast, you hear it on podcasts. You hear it on Squadcasts and any other thing that rhymes. Too many fouls that take away fast break opportunities. And as Shams mentions, the the competition committee is in unanimous support of the league's new rules officiating non-basketball moves. And it feels like they're going to be in unanimous support for something around these take foul rules. The question is, will it happen immediately? Hopefully. Hopefully this is the kind of thing the league can get done and maybe say, even though this is called the Euro foul, we're going the Euro League way and banning this foul. Two shots and the ball for any fast break foul that is not a tr- true basketball play. Hopefully that doesn't lead to a slowdown like clear path fouls, but something's got to be done because this is like the intentional walk of the NBA, you know, and even baseball got ready the intentional walk because it was so boring. So a foul that means nothing and only robs us of a highlight is not a foul that we right. need in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, Tass, do you think decentivizing sort of those transition take fouls would work here? Like unsportsmanlike foul called, you know, given points to the other team and they get to keep the ball, that would probably do a pretty good job of getting rid of this like they do in FIBA and international play? I think so. I haven't studied the FIBA game, but whenever I watch a FIBA game or an international game, it feels like it's disincentivized enough where you just don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, me, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, makes you force forces you to play defense like those other rules that Trey mentioned that have been switched, have been moved. Uh, you you got to disincentivize it's, it. It if it's a one and one or whatever, yeah, I think so. I think you know Faku Campazo would go from doing what he did playing internationally uh, right back to it. You know, like it it only makes sense. I think it, uh, it it's it's troubling watching that over and over and over again. They got to get rid of it. Yeah, I don't know if one and one does it, though. It almost has to be two free throws, doesn't it? Because you're either then like, well, I'll just still foul him. If he only got one free throw, let's say, if mm. they went with that, then it's like, well, I was going to give up a breakaway dunk that he's 99.9% going to score two points on. Well, I'll just take the foul. He'll take one free throw. And yeah, they get a possession back. I mean, that sucks. They could score more, but still. 
right there, then and there, it's it's one or two. So I, I like the two. I think you got to sort of come down hard on it, I guess, and put what FIBA does. And then I think people would stop doing it because they'll just like, mm-hmm. it's quick calculation. It's like, all right, I'll just just give him the breakaway dunk. That's fine. We'll get the ball back. We're good to go instead of two free throws that he could hit and then the ball. But Lee, anything to add to this? Uh, only that I think it is a pretty easy fix like yeah. that. Just say, yeah. okay, you're not giving up just that potential one free throw and miss. Instead, you're giving up the ball and potentially two points. So, yeah, I think uh, it'll be quickly done given how successful it's been this season with these, uh, you know, these other foul uh, rule changes that they've made. So I think the NBA is going to probably implement it as soon as next season. I just want to see the referees do what they do in international ball when something when an intentional foul happens and, and put up the X signal. Mm-hmm. So what they do. Yep. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love we need that. <laughs> we need that in the league. What's that yeah. in hockey? Do you remember? Or do they even do that anymore? Is no. it cross check? I don't know. I thought this was No, that's cross check. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if this is anything in hockey, but I don't know. Somebody in the stream team, let us know. Hey, do you know in hockey, uh, this year you have a power play. It's five on four if you have an intention. What is it? Hold on a sec. Oh, yeah. If you lose a coach's challenge, yep. the other team goes on a power play. Wow. Well, that's nuts, wow. huh? And so what could, a, what could a hockey coach challenge? Like a goal or something like that? Penalty. Like in the crease type of thing? Or like an actual penalty they can look at? Like, I, don't, it really I don't know the rules. Uh, I don't know. Probably a penalty. <laughs> uh, but I know you go on a power play if you lose a coach's challenge. I heard that on a basketball broadcast yesterday. I thought you were the hockey Dave, guy. Dave Benz told me about it. <laughs> this might be boarding, apparently. Boarding. Uh, boarding. Boarding isn't called that much. Five minutes. That's a major penalty. I don't know. We're, we're trusting Very Brian. Very rare. Uh, hold on. It may just be, yeah. Suck it, says Swish. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Lee. What were you going to say? Uh, I thought, Tass, you were the hockey head on the uh, on this uh, show. <laughs> yeah, that's I why you... I brought it up. Is anybody yeah, else but, uh, brought come on, that you got to know the rules there, don't you, for that? For, uh, yeah, I, I don't care about Lee, what's this refereeing? in cricket, man? What's this mean in cricket? Uh, Suck I don't it? Know if they, um... <laughs> nah, I don't think it's anything <laughs> yep. in cricket. Oh, okay. Nah, okay. I don't think so. Maybe uh, in 2020, but I'm, you know, that's the newfangled one that kids play. You know, I'm the old man. I still prefer the traditional cricket. <laughs> 2020 is actually a lot of fun to watch. I want to take you guys there one day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, final headline. Tell me whether or not it's newsworthy. This is a long headline. <laughs> it's like a, a, a sentence here. This but it is from Yahoo Sports. Amid chaotic offseason, Damian Lillard's meeting with LeBron James as decision loomed, sealed recommitment to Trailblazers. Tass, is this news? And, and I hope you read this article from uh, from Chris Haynes. Yeah, but a lot of details in this. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of words, um, and I I enjoyed reading it, and I'm sure everyone in Portland loved reading it too. So for the the Portland fan base. Of course it's news. When Damian Lillard says, I watched Giannis Tetacumpo walk off that floor, I wanted to be in his shoes. I wanted to be the guy who got drafted by the same team I won the championship with. And uh, he brought up the Phoenix Suns situation as uh, sort of a template for his situation. We've got me. We've got CJ McCollum. Maybe we can do the same thing that D-Book has done in Phoenix and grow like that. Uh, so, yeah, this is, of course, this is news. Uh, you know, some nice planting in there, promoting the not only Damian Lillard's music career, but also that he uh, made a music video, you know. If you're, if you're an audio head, if you're a video <laughs> head, we got, we got you covered. Uh, so Chris Haynes did a good job there. Um, also, you know, it's getting into the details of the meeting. No mimosas, uh, but an Italian salad was had. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> that stuck out to me, too. What's an Italian salad? Really 
from the Olive Garden pepperoncini. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, some radishes. <laughs> uh, you know, some a lot of veggies. Um, yeah. Other than that, I guess I guess What's the angle. What's the point was, of this? What was the point of this article? The this is the point of this article is uh, remember the last time we heard that Damian Lillard was very upset with Blazers fans who thought he was going to be leaving. Now this is Damian Lillard saying, "Hey." I didn't leave because I love Portland, and I think we could be the Suns, or I think we could be the Bucks. That's why I stuck around. This was uh, Lillard smoothing over the summer, which is why they went deep on the details, like that Italian salad. <laughs> yeah, Italian salad followed by pasta and a fine bottle of rosé wine. All of this on the rooftop, <laughs> Lee. And in case you were wondering, because I know you were, he took an Uber over. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he did. did. He did. And quite a, uh, quite a bit of rosé. Yes. Also had to wait 20 minutes for his Uber to show yeah. up at the end there. Yeah, and while he waited, LeBron showed him the rest of the house and around the backyard. I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> yeah, and LeBron doesn't open his own door. He has someone who can uh, greet well, you at the door yeah, at would, his house. I would because, think so. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I would think it would have been more he was trying to impress. Look, he was trying to recruit Damien Lillard. That's what it was wow. about. He had Anthony Davis there. And he says, uh, in the article here, it says here, uh, Lillard promised to keep them posted on what he decided to do, but the Lakers were already privately evaluating their options on potentially landing Lillard. So the Lakers were saying, hey, come play with us. Hey, so this was a players-only meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is a small detail where he goes up, uh, Damian Lillard does, he takes the elevator to the top floor where LeBron and Anthony Davis... We're sitting on one side of the table waiting mm. for Lillard to join them. I thought that mm. was fascinating because I guess that mm. speaks to what you're saying, Lee. This is a, this is a business a meeting, pitch. really. It was yeah, a pitch. It's a pitch. For sure. Otherwise, for LeBron sure. and AD are sitting across from each other. They're yeah. kicking it up on the rooftop. Yeah. You, get el- you got elevators in Portland? I don't think so. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah. taken the stairs? As far as far as far as Lillard goes, I, I would love him to win a championship in Portland. I think that would be the perfect story for him. Drafted by them, stuck through thick and thin, yep. and eventually gets the championship for the Blazers. Great story. It just doesn't seem likely that that's going to happen. That's all. And if he wants to stay in Portland, that you know, I have uh, respect for him. That that's what he prefers over potentially chasing a championship. I just feel that uh, it's it's sort of at that point now where we've probably seen the best chance he's had there. I just don't think it's going to happen anymore. So hopefully I'm wrong, but it's hard to see, especially again, when you look at where they are already to start this season. Cass, did you have anything to ask, sir? Well, yeah, I, I would just throw in there that it was obviously recruiting pitch by the Lakers, but uh, I, I did you know, read the line where Neil O'Shea, Blazers GM, uh, according to Chris Haynes, would never, ever trade Damian Lillard to the Lakers. Hmm. So... Um, I found that part interesting. I guess the recruiting pitch was, hey, Dame, if you really want to get here, you got to talk to Neil. Uh, you got to figure it out with your front office there to get here. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, Dame, or, um, the Lakers, LeBron, and AD were just being buds here. I think they, they wanted him on their squad. They went from, you know, uh, you know Westbrook and, and Buddy Heald. They were recruiting a guard. That's clear for the last you know, six months or so. And Dame, yeah, got a little bit ahead of himself, you know, at the Olympics and said, I'm not sure our team is doing enough to win. So, yeah, that's what he said. And, and everybody jumped on that. And, yeah, obviously he's walking it back. And he's allowed. He's allowed to say stuff 
but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Damian Lillard's music video. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, after reading that really, that really stuck with you from this article. Yeah, you know who does music videos anymore? <laughs> People, I guess. <laughs> I, guess I, guess. I couldn't believe this. He has a, he has four studio albums. Already? That's what it said. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot. I would have guessed. <laughs> Too? <laughs> I don't know why. Are they all dollar themed? Because this one had like a dollar themed name as well. So hmm. I don't know. But I've been looking up the ingredients for an Italian salad. Sounds like a good lunch, to be quite yeah, honest. What do you got? What are we talking? I mean, the the main things I'm seeing are olives, yeah, and tomatoes and pepperoncinis and romaine lettuce seems to be the go-to here. Then, of course, an Italian vinaigrette style yeah. dressing and maybe a little salami. Throw some salami <laughs> yeah. in there if you're feeling like you need a protein. Mm. Okay, good. So uh, maybe chop one up for lunch. I'll I'll drop the recipe on TikTok. <laughs> All right, excellent. They chopped up an Italian salad as they chopped it up about Los Angeles. Ooh. Do you think they shared the salad? Like, was it a big serving? <laughs> think LeBron like served. Uh, Do you Lillard? think one of really them's like to... a, a Matt Austin? They really had to shake it up and before they could eat it. <laughs> <going crazy>. really <laughs> they waited the for Dame. They're like, we give you the honor of shaking the salad. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's take our final break. But when we come back, Trey's got Tweet of the Night, we got Pick'em Results, and I pay off one of my Pick'em losses, so don't go anywhere. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Back with No Dunks. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of 
Good thing we've been talking food, breaking bread, chopping up salads, because tonight's, or today's, Tweet of the Night comes to us from one of my favorite food accounts, Jess K Eats. That's J-E-S-K-E-E-T-S. <laughs> Wizards players just debated this. Is a refrigerator a closet? Skeets, you sent me this last night. Yeah. I responded to you, LOL, what? <laughs> because this is one of the most insane questions <laughs> that I've ever seen. And yesterday on the show, we had a question, or I guess earlier this week. <laughs> Would you save Shakira from a wild right. boar? And this to me is an even crazier question. Is a refrigerator a closet? I think you said that the Wizards players were debating yeah. this. Is the argument that this is a food closet? <laughs> I guess that was, that I was brought know. up. Yeah, this was like a little one of those videos that they show on the scoreboard between uh, timeouts or between uh, quarter breaks. And this was one of these ones the Wizards did. Yeah, there was a lot of like, yeah, it's a food closet. There was a lot of like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a refrigerator. You know, like cool things do. Do you cool your clothes? Uh, Kispert, I think it was, brought up though, or maybe I forget who it was. Um, some people put jeans in the fridge to uh, Kramer. reduce Kramer uh, the, the smell of them, <laughs> yeah. the stench of them. Sure. So, like, that, then it gets tricky there. Maybe it is a, a, a closet. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I've never heard this before. That's why I said it to you, Trey. I was like, oh, my God. people, This is a thing people are debating? So I, I really just wanted to hear what Lee thought, whether a refrigerator was a closet. No, a refrigerator is a refrigerator. A closet is a closet. Mm. It's like the whole reading and listening to a book. One's reading, oh, one's oh, listening. Well, I mean, well, we're not doing that. We're not doing that again. As the people are mentioning here in the stream team, a food closet is a pantry. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Uh, but I, uh, who came up with this question? This is, uh, I don't know, this, was, this threw me for a loop, Skeets. So <laughs> when I'm chopping up my salad later, <laughs> it's just gonna, I'm not gonna be able to open my closet or my refrigerator without thinking of this question for at least a week. And I, there's no way I will ever be convinced that a refrigerator is anything like a closet, except for that they both have doors. But there are so many things that have doors. Yeah. Is a refrigerator a car? It gets cold inside and it has doors. Is a car, is a, car a room? People are saying in the stream team. <laughs> come on. I'm just, come on. Say what come on. Saying. Hey, by the way, look at what's in this fridge. It's uh, just a, a bunch of olives, I think, up there on the top shelf. There's a bin of pizza parties, three pizzas, uh, only four beers, though. It's, uh, do you have a clean closet, Lee? It's not, I mean, uh, oh, God. Do you have a clean <laughs> fridge? Um, it's one of those things, like, every few weeks I do just go crazy and pull everything out, clean out all the, all the um, levels, mm-hmm. and then, you know, a week later it's just a mess. So, right, okay. you know, yes and no. Okay. Mainly no. Cass, can can you here on today's show or JD? Can you tell? Can you make the pitch that a that a fridge is sort of a closet? Not this guy, JD. No. You want in? I, I I know. I know. It's Someone one aspect. It. There's one aspect. Yes, it has doors, and so we gotta stretch it. You gotta stretch it. We need content for our little our little segments here. I get it, I, but uh, you know. Whenever the first person who brought up the idea is a hot dog a sandwich, I mean that's that's where we're, we're at now. We're snowballing. We we can't stop it from going downhill. It ain't a sandwich. I don't care what you say. Right. And now now we just can't stop it. Whoever did that screwed it up. I think. Well, okay. What a, did you guys ever have growing up, or maybe you have one now? Do you ever have a cold cellar? 
mm-hmm. like where you you put you know potatoes or jars of food in. Yeah, a cold cellar's getting a lot closer to a closet than a refrigerator yeah. is. I think we would agree with that. I'm not saying a fridge, of course. Is, but yeah, okay, of course. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I had a hole. We had in our basement. Uh, we had basically we had we sort of had these. We call them windows, but they weren't to outside. They were they were windows to this walled in like concrete area, and so you could go like you would have to get up on a couch to go into these windows, which were basically outside they were outside but not open to air just open to this concrete right. area so uh that that was our cold cellar you'd have to go up on a couch to go get something from this weird ass wow. cold cellar um, yeah like people yeah. in this dream team are like freaking out some of them are like you're talking about a basement like or just a cellar no there were places at least in canada where you had a basement be it furnished or not jd back mm-hmm. me up on this and yeah. then there was like a room or like a closet, sort of, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you then just kept beer or food or whatever. It was like yeah, it's, obviously it's like cold a, because it wasn't heated and stuff like that. Yeah, right. It's like a what do they call? They called them the larder back in the medieval times. Was oh, that what like, they did? Uh, I saw yeah. somebody yeah. called it a trailer, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, go get the bacon out of the larder. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's a crawl space or something. You know, it's uh, kind of, kind of. Kind of. of. <laughs> we we did we couldn't afford one of those. Well, that was fancy town back then. Yeah. But uh, I I googled is a refrigerator a closet, and yeah. all I got was refrigerators that they sell to put in closets. <laughs> this is a thing. Like people people put like, like cosmetics room? in it, and or like Whoa. I just saw one like ostentatious closet with a little mini fridge. It was full of beer. I mean, okay, I guess. But, yeah, no. The answer to the question is no. Somebody in the Wizards video, I think, asked, well, how big is the refrigerator? Like, that was, like, one of their follow-up questions. (laughs) Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah, it is, yeah. Although they do have what, uh, in a restaurant, they'll call it a walk-in. The fridge is called a walk-in, and there are sure. walk-in closets. Wow. I'm uh. convinced. It's, it is a closet. It is a closet. <laughs> yes! We got there. Sorry, we could unfortunately not talk about the Pacers. We had to talk about this instead. Uh, okay, Pick'em Results, brought to you by BetMGM last night. It was the Clippers-Wolves game. Uh, Lee alluded to it earlier. Wolves were favored by one and a half, but the Clippers took care of business. They couldn't miss from distance. They got the victory. Trey's first win of the month of November here. He's one and two. Lee remains perfect with his uh, his emoji strategy uh, <laughs> going three and oh. Tass and I take our first L for the month here. We're two and one. So it's tight early on. Um, I think there's five games on tonight. Where are we going, Tass? Yeah, the tightest line tonight is uh, the Utah Jazz visiting the Atlanta Hawks, who are a one and a half point dog because the jazz are great uh, at, at six and one and atlanta is only at four and four it's been a disappointing four and four start for the atlanta hawks but they are three at home so three of us are on the jazz skeets you're the lone hawksman why, why do you believe the uh. hawks will remain undefeated uh i don't know i mean look the jazz are a good team I'm swerving a little bit. I saw a bunch of uh, Utah picks come in there or saxophone emojis from Lee. And I was like, yeah, give me Atlanta. I'm getting, you know, I got to say, I'm almost missing like a big line at this point, Tass. We had a lot of uh, one and a half point lines here. It's fine. I get it. You're picking like sort of pick them games. I get that. But, uh, you know, sometimes we get into the 
to the hilarity of a, a nine and a half point line, and you're like, ah, like you pick the winning team, but you're like, backdoor cover or something like that. I'm sure we'll get to that. It's a long We'll season. get there. Yeah, no doubt. We'll get there. Hawks are uh, good. I mean, DeAndre Hunter obviously has been playing really well, and, and they could get this victory. I wouldn't be shocked, but it, it probably will be a close game. Yeah. How, how, okay. So 76ers Pistons, a five and a half point line. Mm. I assume everyone would probably take the 76ers. So yeah. I didn't want to jump on yep, that. Rockets Suns could be a, one of those tough lines. Yep. You don't know who to pick in a 10 and a half point spread. Mm. Thunder Lakers, 13 and a half point Ooh, spread. That one's interesting because the Lakers have, uh, you know, not yep. dominated shitty teams. Yeah, so the Thunder's only win is against the Thunder again. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, Thunder beat them. What, what's yeah. the Celtics heat liner? Is it not out yet? Yeah, I was going to bring that one up. The fact that it's a, a six and a half point. It's six, but we would always add a half because mm-hmm. we're not good at tying. So six and a half. Miami, I ju- just yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Just speaks to how bad, bad Boston has been to start oh. this year, but that's pretty big there. I don't know. I guess everybody would take the heat there, too, I think. Oh, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Are the Celtics oh, having another that. players-only meeting? <laughs> Slash yeah. dinner? Ooh. Slash grabbing food from the closet? I mean, fridge? Oh, they're going to Prime 112 for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, will they be breaking bread, or will they have the gigantic wedge salad? They got a big old wedge salad at Prime <laughs> 112. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that thing was massive. Yeah. We had that on a Thanksgiving one. It was like... We got one wedge salad for 14 people, <laughs> and we had leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> How many <laughs> bottles of Caesar dressing they throw on them? <laughs> Five, yeah. probably. Just that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so those are our pick em, ranch, uh selections ranch. for tonight. <laughs> ranch, ranch. Yes. Yeah, ranch, ranch. Uh, I got the Hawks. Everybody else has the Jazz. Okay, so I owe a lot of pick em payoffs here. Because whoever loses these things, there's a reason why we do them. Whoever loses has to pay it off, do something weird, do something maybe painful. I owed two from last year that we never got to. I lost the very short month of October. So I did one yesterday, guys. You know, it was a quickie. You know, this isn't going to take 10, 15 minutes, but I think it was a decent pick'em. It was definitely a, a legit pick'em. And uh, you guys can tell hmm. me after you see this whether or not it counts as one of my payoffs struck from the list. Let's roll the tape, Judy. All right, what's up, everybody? I owe three pick em payoffs. We're going to strike one from the list today, or should I say rip one from the list. I'm here at Pork Chops with my guy, Jason, and we're going to take out this nose hair. I've never done this. What's it going to feel like? On a scale of one to ten, like a nine. Great. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Multi-camera shoot here. Hi. Rip away, boys. All right, kids. Remember to practice your free throws. Oh man, wow, no countdown. Oh, sorry. Wow. Can you show me? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Some longies up there. Any boobs? No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a count. You want to do Actually, why not do whatever? Oh. Okay. All right. On Kobe? You want to... <laughs> one, two. Kobe. Oh, <laughs> Left one was worse. Oh, no. All right, there they are. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's gnarly. Here we go. One pick 'em payoff done. Thanks, Jason. 
Let's do my ass crack next. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Does it count? Oh, that's, that counts. That yeah. All right. That's legit, man. That's legit. I, I had my whole chest waxed once on the show. Yep. So uh, uh, the nostrils, though, that looked actually more painful, to be honest. It, like, it's, it's, it stings. Now, JD, yeah. you're saying, ah, it's not that big a deal. I would agree with that. But, man, first on the first one, I thought he was going to count me down, and I was legit <laughs> like... <laughs> a little taken aback by uh, how quick and, and, and sort of a little painful it was. And, and then, man, just seeing how much hair came out of there. I could breathe yeah, it's better. Gross. It, it's, uh, and uh, yeah. get ready for the free-flowing boogies to be flying out of your nose because there's nothing uh, to catch them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's really the pick em. But uh, what do you, what's next? A manicure? Pedicure? Why don't you pick purse? some games for fuck's sake, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how, did, uh, how did Nora do on the uh, multi camera shoot there, JD? You yeah, she, it was awesome. It was great. Okay. Uh, she was, uh, she was uh, upset about the focus issue. Uh, but I have a little hack for all you videographers out there. If you want to show something small, here I'll mm -hmm. show you. It's uh, and you have an autofocus situation. So I've got my little Lego man. It's all yep. it's a it's, it's all out of focus. You know, yep. But if you hold your hand up, it'll hey, oh, wow. hey. Yeah. a lot quicker than if it's sort of yeah. So if you give it a more surface area. Okay. But you know, for cool. next time, nice little life hack. Yeah. For when for when the ass gets done and she yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part two. I didn't say it wasn't done yesterday as well. I just didn't film that. Uh, yeah. Now shit won't stop streaming out of my ass. Of course, there's nothing to catch it. What? Too much? <laughs> I was just I was just worried that because you're up. Um, yeah, I'll take it off the ass talk for a yeah, sec. Sure. But listen, um, that was great. I was just worried that you were at pork chops there, you called it. That, yeah. That's what the, the barbershop, that you were going to eat another roast beef sandwich. <laughs> you were going to screw us and eat an Arby sandwich. No, that was definitely a legit. Yeah, it was good. It was I love the non-countdown. That was great. Yeah. Surprise yeah, me. That was smooth. Shocked me there. Shout out to my guy Jason uh, at Pork Chops, like you said, and uh, thanks to Nora for uh, recording that, <laughs> and JD for whipping that together uh, very, very quickly. Thank you, thank pork you so chops. much. All right, one, one done. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Pork chops. That's always what I first think of when I go so to get my uh, nose waxed or something like that. Right, let's go to pork chops. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was Jason's idea because I think did we not like did we not kick around the the payoff idea like this one a long time ago? Oh, yeah. I think it was brought up. Yeah. Uh, and then he heard the show, and he's like, yeah, we can do that. Let's do that. Uh, nice attention to detail from him with the Good Morning Sweet World there on the, yeah, uh, <laughs> on the sticks. I didn't ask for that. that on the sticks. Him. Yeah, I kept them, too. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Gonna frame them? No, the next payoff is I have to eat one. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. I like that. I like that. That's fair. <laughs> there they are. Good oh, man. It's really gross. Does it feel weird in your nose now? Do you feel strange? It, like, uh, when I get my back waxed, I don't want to sit on a couch for 12 hours, you know? Are you, are you breathing too deep? <laughs> no, you know why? Deep. Because I'm such a mouth breather, it has no impact on me whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no, it, did, it does feel pretty good. Uh, you know, it, and, it, and it wasn't brutal. Like, I was concerned, JD. I said the left one hurt more. I had like a, a, a week ago, I felt like like a tiny little scab, I thought, in my nose. And I was like, what if he rips, like, what if that oh. rips off again? Like, that's going to, like, my nose is going to bleed and all that. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, it, didn't it, is a, yeah. it is a concern, but uh, <laughs> I do it all the time. I'm due. I was going to do it today right on the show just to, you know, just just to 
Pour salt in the wound. Do you do uh, boom two at once, no. or do you just do the no, 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 no. Because <laughs> you got to hold. I like yeah. hold one. You know, that'd be tough. And also, this is a problem. Like I always get the beard. Uh, this mm. part of this comes off with it. So, but uh, yeah, oh, it feels so refreshing. I like it. I like the feeling. <sighs> it does feel nice. That's the. Yeah. It was the easiest payoff of all time, guys. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's call it there. Thank you so much to the stream team for joining us live. If you're a Survivor fan, had quite the episode last night. Part two, really, if you want to call it, of the merge. So we're going to talk about it today at 5.30 p.m. Eastern over on our No Buffs YouTube channel. Podcast soon after on the No Buffs podcast feed. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Search for No Buffs Survivor 41. You'll find it. Uh, I believe Jason Concepcion is back with us to, to break it all down, try and make sense of it. Uh, and we'll, we'll leave it there so we don't get into any spoilers here on No Ducks. But go check that out at 5.30 p.m. Eastern live over on No Buffs on YouTube. Subscribe to No Dunks here. Like, comment, share the show. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash No Dunks. And finally, get your No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com. We're going to start working on Pacers shirts. No Pacers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people were saying, no surprise, there's not a Pacers-themed <laughs> shirt in the No Dunks web yeah. store. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What have we done? What have we done? Uh, all right. Oh, come on. Indiana's great. There's more than just corn in mm. Indiana. They got Indiana Beach. They got the Indianapolis 500. Right. Indi- Indiana they Jones. They invented corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Okay. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Survivor, just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber after last week's episode, you go and do something like this week's episode and totally redeem yourself. Embrace the day, people. Embrace the day, people.